Good morning, church. Today I will be reading from John 16, verses 5 through 15, and then 33. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you were filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In in regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard of judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the, he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by, ta- by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and that is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good morning. All right, I got a question for you. Would you rather have Jesus here in person bodily again today or your current experience of the Holy Spirit? Would you rather have Jesus here bodily again today or your current experience with the Holy Spirit? Which of those do you think would be more helpful to you? And we're going to answer that question. In fact, it's already been answered in the reading. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. We've been talking about peace since Christmas. I still need it. How about you? Uh, There are a lot of things that cause anxiety. Recently, uh, very recently in fact, I discovered that a thing that can rob you of peace is sleeping through your alarm when you're preaching at first service. (laughs) Just thought I'd share that with you. Get that off my chest. Uh, But there's trouble in the world, uh, and there's a lot of things that can, can disturb us and bother us. Uh, but we've noticed that peace can be found in Christ. That's where we look for it, is in him. We've noticed that every believer will experience trouble and persecution and sin. And, and those things are normal. Doesn't mean the roller coaster's gone off the rails. Uh, but already, we saw last week, Jesus has won the victory over the world. Uh, today we're going to look, look at another aspect of it, but before we do, I want to just tell you something real honest, uh, because I like to be very honest and not naive about Christian things. Uh, if I'm being real honest, sometimes the anxiety I feel 
is due to some of the things that God has told us. Sometimes I feel anxiety because of responsibilities God has given us. God wants us to know and do his will. In fact, the Bible says, try to find out what's pleasing to the Lord. And sometimes it's hard to know what his will is. Uh, And you wrestle with those kinds of things. We're wrestling with one of those things right now as a church. And, And wrestling to know his will can produce some anxiety. Another responsibility that he's given us is the responsibility to tell other people about Jesus. At the end of this book, book of John, he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. We have a mission. It's not just about trying to survive and get our lives together. We're supposed to be on a mission for him, and it's kind of daunting. Paul himself said, who is equal to such a task? We're not adequate in ourselves for this. So, I don't know if that seems ironic to you or not, but to me it's very honest that a part of the reason I lack peace is because of some of the responsibilities that God has given us. But, Jesus has provided for peace for those things as well. And that's what we want to talk about today. If you picked up a note sheet, that first first two blanks there are God has provided peace in regard to these responsibilities by giving us the Holy Spirit. As Casey mentioned, we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, in the context of John 16, is a part of these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. A part of what he spoke to us is teaching about the Holy Spirit. Now, some of us get nervous anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit. I think that's getting better these days. But the Holy Spirit is, of course, a spirit, and so intangible. And that, you know, makes us a little uncomfortable. Plus, a lot of us have seen extremes in regard to the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know for sure everything the Spirit does and doesn't do today. I do know there are some extremes. And those extremes can make us uncomfortable and make us, you know, just kind of retreat and not want to talk about it. So we can get kind of uncomfortable. Let me assure you that the things Jesus says here and the things we're going to say today are going to be normal. I'm not going to go charismatic on you. uh, But I am going to share some teachings from Jesus right here that have to do with knowing his will and fulfilling his mission. And we need to know those things because the answer to our quiz is B, having the Holy Spirit. According to Jesus, it's better to have the Holy Spirit than for him to be here. And I get that from verse 5. Now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. 
But if I go away, I will send him to you. So according to Jesus, it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit than for him to be here in person. Hey, I was going to wait however long it took until somebody said amen to that. Now, I don't know if you're comfortable with that or not. My guess is that most of us, myself included, need more understanding and experience with the Holy Spirit before we can say amen to that statement. Uh, And so that's what we want to do this morning is to talk about what he says. Now, the word used here to describe the Holy Spirit is a a word paraclete. Maybe you've heard that. Uh, It means called alongside. Para is beside. Clete or kaleo is called. And so the, the Holy Spirit is someone called alongside. And the connotation is called alongside to help. Now, my NIV translated that advocate. Your Bible may translate it helper, comforter, counselor, advocate, mediator, or intercessor. Uh, Those words are similar but different. The translators are struggling to find a way to capture the meaning of this great term that describes what God's Spirit came here to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose two of those words to make my two main points this morning of the two ways that Jesus says the Spirit will help us with these two responsibilities, our mission and knowing his will. Now, this is not all there is to the Holy Spirit, but we're staying with what's in John 16. So the first one down at the bottom of the first page is helper. I'm going to, I'm going to translate it helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That seems to me like the best translation of paraclete in regard to what Jesus says about the Spirit working in God's mission. We've been given this mission. It's daunting. We're supposed to represent Christ. We're supposed to tell other people about Christ. We've seen that done badly. And we don't, we don't want to do it badly. And, and in fact, there are a lot of people today who think you're not really supposed to talk about religious beliefs. And you're sure not supposed to try to persuade somebody else to accept your religious beliefs. I think people feel that way because they've seen God's mission carried out badly. Um, and yet God wants to, wants us to do this, he wants us to do it well, uh, but he does want us to do it. And so one of the things Jesus says to us to help us have peace is you're not alone in that mission. The spirit will be your helper in that mission. What will he do? Read again with me. Verse eight, when he comes He will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Being involved in God's mission is not talking people into getting baptized. In fact, it's not talking them into anything. Uh, It is exemplifying Christ and communicating the word of Christ and loving people like Christ. 
But it's not your job to talk them into something. It's not even your job to convict them of, this, of their sin that, that needs to happen. But this says that's the work of God's Spirit. As we do our part, he does his part. And they need to be convicted about sin because people do not believe in me, which is the basic sin, not believing in Jesus. They need to be convicted about righteous because Jesus is going to the Father and we no longer have a crystal clear picture of righteousness as we did when he was here. So the Spirit convicts people about that and about judgment, both the judgment of the prince of the world that we talked about last week and the judgment that is to come. God's Spirit works to do those things in God's mission. Now, he does a lot of other things as well. If you back up a chapter to chapter 15, verse 26, says the Spirit will testify about Jesus. And, and some of us, knowing us and our sinful tendencies, might think, great, he's good at this testifying thing. We'll let him do that. We'll watch TV. You know, let him do the, that part. But immediately after that, in verse 27, Jesus says, but you also must testify. So what you have is this co- um, cooperative work between God's Spirit and us testifying about Jesus and the Spirit majoring in convicting people of sin, righteousness, and judgment. If you want to pursue that some more, I, I gave you some verses on the note sheet there of some of the ways the Spirit worked in God's mission in the book of Acts. And I didn't even go to all the other places because Twilight likes it if I keep the notes down a little bit. Uh, but but here, kind of going back to the context, one of the things that Jesus told us so that we might have peace is you don't have to do this mission on your own. My spirit is at work. And in fact, I think God would say, it's my mission anyway. It's not your mission. Uh, and my spirit is going to lead that mission, and he's going to work in it in a number of ways. So be at peace. Don't take all that pressure on yourself. Uh, do your part and let the spirit do his part. The second word that I want to use on the back of the sheet Uh, I want to translate uh, paraclete as counselor. Counselor. To me, that seems to be the best way to translate the word for the second thing that that Jesus says the Spirit is going to do to help us with our responsibilities. And in this case, I'm referring to the responsibility to know God's will, to know what he wants us to do to be able to please him. Uh, Jesus didn't tell us everything. Uh, in chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. He didn't reveal everything. He revealed some things. Uh, but his promise is that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. His provision was, I'm going to give you the Spirit to guide you into all the truth. 
And sure enough, Jesus went back to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit worked in a variety of ways. Uh, he revealed God's plan uh, and God's gospel to some apostles and to some prophets and to some specially chosen instruments. Uh, and then he continued to give revelations to some of those prophets. Uh, he also inspired the Bible. Uh, all scripture is God-breathed. And the people who wrote it, wrote it as they were born along by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say real clearly, I do not believe the work of the Spirit is limited to the Bible. Uh, that was a big revelation. Well, not re- that's poor choice. That was a, that dawned on us, um, back in the seventies, a lot of us. And, uh, being the rowdy teenagers that we were, we had this joke about the retired author view of the Holy Spirit, uh, which was that he inspired the Bible and then he retired, didn't do anything else. Uh, I don't believe that. Okay, I believe the Spirit works in some other ways, but I do believe He inspired the Bible. And I do believe the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit and that He works through it. There's a danger of what we call bibliolatry, worshiping the Bible. That's a danger. We don't worship the Bible. The Bible points to God. We worship God. Uh, but there is an opposite danger of ignoring the Bible and just telling our impressions or whatever like that. So we got to let the Spirit work in, in some of these different kinds of ways. And Jesus says, I want you to have peace because even though I haven't told you everything, I'm sending you the Spirit and we can see that the Spirit has continued to reveal the Word of the Lord. Now, I want to get honest again. I feel like I'm becoming just really honest in my old age. Um, Even though we know all of that, that still may not give us peace. Remember the context. I'm telling you this so you may have peace. I want you to know my will. The Spirit will help you find my will. So be at peace. But I'm still not always at peace about that. Uh, I'm still wrestling with some things. And I think there's a number of reasons why we still may not feel peace. One is because it may not be clear to us whether the Spirit still does everything He has always done. I'm, I'm not going to make a pronouncement on that today, okay? Because I don't know. Uh, I, I do believe God's Spirit is still working. I'm not sure if he's still working in all the ways that he has always worked. And frankly, I've gotten to a point where I'm not about to tell you what God can and cannot do or what God will and will not do. But that still leaves a little bit of uncertainty. Even if you believe the Spirit is guiding us, you may not feel sure about whether he's guiding us in all the same ways that he always has. You may, uh, you may also feel a little uncertainty about knowing God's will because God has not seen fit to give us a scheme for understanding his will. Uh, you know, a lot of people have gone to the Bible and said, here's our little scheme. And if you follow our scheme, then you'll know what the Bible teaches. 
And then other people say, no, I don't like your stinking scheme. Here's a better scheme. And so they give their little scheme for finding out what the Bible says. And, you, you know, I could give you several of those schemes and we could find a bunch. Of, I don't think God's given us a scheme. I don't think there's a formula for finding out God's will from the Bible. And some of us really like to have formulas and schemes for doing that. So that gives us a little bit of discomfort. Um, so a lot of us turn to our our impressions and our emotions and our desires to try to discern God's will. And we'll say, I, I feel like God wants us to do this, or I feel like God wants us to do that. And, and I believe that could be so, but isn't necessarily so. Because our emotions and our desires and our impressions are subjective and they are sub- subject to the sin in our hearts. Um, let, let me give just a specific of this. I believe one thing the Holy Spirit does, according to Galatians 5, is that he gives us godly desires. I believe it's crystal clear that he does that. But when you have a particular desire, you don't always know if it's a godly desire or not. There's a subjectivity about that that gives us a little bit of uncertainty about God's will. Uh, so, so you turn to the Bible and you say, well, the Bible is much more tangible. It's much more objective. It's much more clear. And I, and I think that's true. But at the same time, you can do the same thing with the Bible. You can make the Bible say just about whatever you want it to say. Uh, some, some of us are familiar with this verse. Maybe you're not. But over in 2 Peter 3, uh, Peter basically throws Paul under the bus. Uh, he says, bear in mind, this is verse 15, that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. I thought I'd get an amen there. Uh, Peter says Paul wrote some stuff that's hard to understand. Uh, We didn't get Paul's rebuttal on that. Which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. The scriptures are more objective and more tangible, but they're still distortable. Now, here's the question I really want to ask. If you've, if you've heard this verse before, have you ever thought you could be one of those ignorant and unstable people who distort the scriptures? Because when I read it, it's clear to me that it's talking about y'all. You know, it's not, it's not talking about me. That, I mean, isn't that the way we read those things? So, so where I'm going with all of this is, okay, so we've got these uncertainties and some of it is subjective and I feel this way and you feel that way. And yet Jesus still says, if you're still with me filling in blanks, in spite of all this, Jesus assures us that the counselor will guide us 
And this is a basis to have peace. Jesus knew about all of that. And he still says, you can have peace. Now, I don't think that means everybody's conclusions are right. I don't think it means whatever you decide must be right because the Spirit guides us. I don't think that means whatever churches decide must be right because the Spirit guides us. I think we have to cooperate with God's Spirit. Uh, you've got a lot, uh, several statements. Don't rebel against the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Uh, don't despise prophetic utterances. The Spirit is here to guide us but we need to cooperate with him. Uh, and so in this last paragraph, I want to, the blank there is cooperate. Uh, I want to, to list some things, not a scheme. This is not taken from one place, from several places, of ways we can discern the will of God. And I think these are ways of cooperating with the Spirit so that he will, in fact, guide us. And I'll let you read the verses on your own, but humbling ourselves. Jesus praised his Father for revealing these things to the little children and hiding them from the wise and intelligent. Got to humble ourselves if we want the Spirit to guide us by praying that God would enlighten the eyes of our heart through his spirit by guarding and purifying our hearts. If anybody is willing to do my father's will, he'll know the teaching, whether I speak on my own or speak for God. We have to have a desire to do God's will, to know God's will, reflecting on God's words. It's an amazing statement in 2 Timothy 2.7. Reflect on what I am telling you, for the Lord will give you insight into this. Listening, uh, sharing communal wisdom like they did in Acts 15. Listening to what other people's experience is and what their grasp of the scriptures is. Listening to spirit-gifted teachers. Don't forget, God, through his spirit, gave some people the gift of teaching and the gift of knowledge. And we need to listen to those people to discern God's will, but also test those people, the Bible says. Uh, taking God's word to heart, not just seizing on the externals, but taking the word to heart. Obeying what we hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, and finally, allowing him to transform and mature us. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. So the more we're transformed, the better we'll be able to do that. So e even though there are some uncertainties, Jesus said his spirit will guide us, but we need to cooperate with him. And I think there's some things there that can help us as we try to discern his will. So today, I'd like us to end with prayer. 
that he that he would do that so let's pray father uh, we're thankful that you were concerned about our peace and we're thankful that you've made provision for us we're thankful that you have given us your spirit we pray that you will give us such understanding of him and such experience with him that we would understand why Jesus said it's to our advantage that he go away and that the Spirit comes. Would you please help us to do our part in your mission and rely on the Spirit to do his part in the mission so that your mission can be accomplished through us? And would you please guide us into all truth through the spirit of truth? And would you help us to cooperate with him through our humility, our obedience, our discussions, our willingness to hear, our ability to take the word to heart? Uh, May we cooperate with him. Please guide us into truth through your spirit and help us to please you. We pray through Christ. Amen. If you want to talk or uh, pray with somebody about that some more or anything else, we'll have shepherds and their wives at the back.